Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray that as we read from the scripture today, that it would spark faith. Lord, it release faith for God. And I pray that as I communicate it, that Lord, it, people will take, Lord, what you say through me, oh God, and do something deep, life-changing, I pray, that will last for years and years, life-transforming, because that's what your word does. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Why pray? Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible to be alive without breathing. Ian Bounds, who wrote many books on prayer, said, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. Mightier the forces will be against evil. Billy Graham said, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get back on our knees. When I read quotes like this about prayer, I actually feel guilty. Does it? They're not encouraging. They're, oh, they're really nice. And I know they do the same for you. I know that you go, oh, there's three responses that I notice when, when we say we're going to preach on prayer or someone says, talks about prayer. The first one is boring. I've heard so many sermons about prayer. The second one is, oh my gosh, now she's going to make me feel guilty. I haven't prayed this week, right? Uh, and uh, the other one is, well, it's about time we talk about prayer. So these are the three responses. And I must say, I feel sometimes all three of those. So you're in good, you're in good company. But I do know that there is power in yeah. prayer. Why? Because of I've experienced it. The question I've been asked at times and way back in my early years of knowing God is, well, why pray if God knows everything already? Matthew 6, 8 says, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Have you ever wondered, well, what's the point in praying? Scripture tells us that God is sovereign. He's all-knowing. He's, a, he's everywhere. He's a good father. He knows our needs. Why bother to pray? Isn't praying to God a waste of time? He already knows before I even ask him. Well, prayer definitely is not a waste of time. I want us to go right back to the beginning in Genesis. When God created Adam and Eve, prayer, prayer was part of our purpose. Genesis 3.8, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard the Lord walking about in the garden. This is the first time we see that there is a pattern to fellowshipping with God. You know, God would come down, imagine that. God would come down in the cool of the night when the sun was starting to set, when the breezes were starting to flow and blow. God would come down to Adam and Eve and hang out with them. We see prayer is connecting and communing with God. They were with God every day in the garden. 
at an appointed time, a specific place, they met together. How beautiful is this? They didn't go up to God. They didn't go, where is God today? Is he behind that tree? No, no, he's not behind the tree of knowledge. No, where is he? Is he behind the peach tree? Is he behind the vines? No, God came down to them and to hang out, to commune, to be with them. This shows us that when we pray, he comes down to us. He comes to us. When we pray, he abides with us. James 4.8 says that as we draw near to God, he will draw near to you. We talk daily to God in prayer. God says, I will come to you. Have you ever wondered, my mind always goes, wanders when I, when I read the scriptures and I start to picture and imagine. Have you ever wondered, what did Adam and Eve talk to God about? They had no problems. They had no kids, so no problems. <laughs> they had no sickness. They had no stress. All they did was eat and sleep and walk with God. They had no annoying neighbours to forgive. They had no, no one to forgive who had annoyed them or betrayed them or hurt them. What did they talk to God about? I don't know. <laughs> if you know, come and tell me. <laughs> it looks like right from the beginning, prayer had nothing to do with problems. Mm. It's only when sin broke out that it became about, look at me, look at me, look at me, help me, help me, do this, do this. Wow, I know, right? Because they had no kids, no problems, no stress, no problems, no annoyances. And number one priority is connecting and communing with God. Number one, our Father. Number one, prayer is so important that we cannot afford not to pray. Now I know prayer for you looks so different in this room. You do it so in so many different ways is how you do your prayer time. But we can't rob ourselves from what God wants to say to us. Right from the beginning, prayer was God's purpose for our lives. According to God's word, our entire lives are intended to be lived with the attitude that unless we meet with God and He intervenes, we can't do anything. Now, please, if you're feeling guilty, it is not what I want you to feel today. I want you to be uplifted and I want you to be encouraged this morning. You know, we see many, many scriptures in the Bible about praying and asking, and here's just a few, Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Mark 9, 29, this kind can only come out by prayer. Luke 22, 46, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Luke 18, 1, they should pray, always pray and not give up. Colossians 4, 2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. First Thessalonians 5, 17, never stop praying. And I can go on and on and on. The Word of God is filled with scriptures telling us to pray. These scriptures 
can only indicate that as we lay hold of God through prayer, that God's promises will help us. God's promises, sorry, will be fulfilled in us and through us, what He's already ordained. You see, yes, God knows everything, but He wants us to pray. He wants us to ask. Prayer is having an ad- attitude of absolutely resilience and reliance on God. Not just in emergency situations alone, but every moment of the day. Prayer does not come easy. You know how I know that? Because when I talk to people, I feel like they feel. And so I can't be bothered praying today. Oh, what am I going to say today? Oh, I've got lots to say today. But you know, prayer doesn't come easy. And I know that I'm not alone. Distraction. I want to go whenever I want to go to pray, there's distraction. All the time, the phone rings. So I find a job to do on the way to the room to pray. You know, there's always distractions. Um, Mark says, oh, do you know where my keys are? It's a constant distraction. <laughs> and even we bought an air tag and he still loses the air tag. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. That's praying. That's like, he's good. He's getting really good at it. <laughs> Not losing, finding. And that's why the scripture often says, devote yourself to prayer. When we don't pray, we do a disservice not to God, to us. G.K. Chesterton once said, the difference between talking about prayer and actually praying is the difference between blowing a kiss and kissing. Just picture that for a moment. Unless we pray, we're not engaging with God. I don't know. Ah, okay, I'll receive that. But when Mark kisses me, that's another story. That's engaging. That's better than this. And that's what God desires, that we engage with Him about everything. Unless we pray, we are not engaging with God. Jesus is our greatest Foremost example, the Son of God came to earth, became flesh, and prayed. Luke 3.21, one day when the crowds were being baptised, Jesus himself was baptised as he was praying. The heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And the voice and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Tonight for those being baptised, I think there's about 12 being baptised or more, there's going to be great joy, great blessing, great favour and amazing. I'm going to be in the tank. I love being in the tank because I feel it too, what you feel, the blessing, the favour of being baptised in obedience. Jesus instructs us to pray and he details to us exactly how we should pray. So he doesn't tell us, but he tells us how to pray. The Word of God tells us how to pray. And Matthew 6, 9 to 13 is what we know as the Lord's Prayer. An example of how to pray. We are to connect with, with Him. We can see that in this prayer, in the, 
in the Lord's Prayer, Father who art in heaven, how to be your name, we can see that in this prayer we are to ask God for things. We are to ask for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done in our lives. You know, one thing used to annoy my dad, used to annoy me when my dad would always say, Oh no, Dad, can we go here? Oh, if it's God's will. My, Dad, can I have that? Oh, if it's God's will. Uh, uh, can, 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 we, can we receive this, this next week? If it's God's will. Can we go on that holiday that you talked about? If it's God, I'm used to be like, shut up, just say yes. <laughs> See, my, my dad got it. Everything, if it's God's will, if it aligns with God's will, if that's what he wants us to do, we'll do it, we'll go. Right? I'm starting to understand because at the end of the day, what we want, God's will. Because that's the best thing. The holiday will be great. The stuff will be good. God desires to bless us. For it is His will for His kingdom to come in our lives. Not what we want, what He wants. For His will to be done as it is in heaven, for him to give us daily bread, for the forgiveness of our sins, for that we should be kept from temptation and delivered us. This is how this prayer tells us how to pray, shows us. Of course, God knows what we need before we ask it. He's sovereign. He knows all things. He knows what's going to happen. But yet it delights God when we humble ourselves and pray to him. You know, when the kids were little, growing up, I knew exactly when they needed new shoes. I knew when they needed new clothes. I knew when they wanted an ice cream. I knew that was all the time. I knew knew exactly what they needed. Imagine if I just, here's your shoes, here's new clothes, here's the ice cream. Uh, here's a Nintendo, here's this. There would be absolutely no relationship because I would just give and give and give. But you know the joy when they'd come and say, Mum, can we have this, Mum? Can we do this? Mum, do you think this will work? The joy that I got when they come to me and ask is a joy. You know, I used to love it when I'd given that ice cream and it would be the, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it'll be the dripping down their arms and then it'll be flopped on the floor. That's okay. You know, 50 cents, but 30 cents the soft serves were back in the days. I don't know what they are. Yes, 30 cents, I know, right? 30 cents. Doesn't show my age, it just says inflation. You see, there is a joy that comes when, when we ask of God. There's a joy that he hears us communing and connecting with him. The relationship of coming to him. I have three points starting with D so you remember why pray. Number one, praise dependence on God. Jesus is our greatest example He has total dependence of God. He is the son of God. And yet he has dependence upon his father. Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. 
when we were in 2019, when our first visit, when we went to Israel, uh, we part of the Israel trip, we were, had the opportunity to do a Jesus trek, do the Jesus trek. His was a four day trek that he did from Capernaum to Nazareth. We did four hours of it. Thank the Lord they had compassion on us. And I remember, do, and, and it, was, it was hard because it was rivers. I was, and I hate mud. I hate getting wet. There's this, this thing that I have. Oh, man, I hate stepping in mud. You know, where's that plank of wood? You know, but we walked like Jesus did in the day through that same ravine of, of dust, of murky waters, of, and it was like that. It was like dry, and then it was wet, and then it was dry, and then it was muddy. And we did, and as I was walking, I was taking it in. And as we were walking, there was mountains, and you could see little holes, like caves. Just every now and again, you would see little holes and little caves. And, and they weren't just like from here to the door. They were like on the mountains, like this steep. And the tour guide said, that's when it talks about and Jesus withdrew and he went to pray. That's what he did. He would walk up, not through the nice green pathway of grass, but up, up to the to this dry mountain with a hole in it, and that's where he withdrew to pray. It was wonderful just to, to see that. And that. We see that Jesus, Son of God, God made flesh would come and go away and spend time with the Father. Before Jesus started his public ministry, Luke 5.16 tells us he prayed and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. His dependence was on God. Before he chose the 12 disciples, he's, he prayed. And we see in Luke 6.12, his dependence was on God. Who do I choose? Who are they? Jesus prayed often with his disciples. We read in 9.28. He taught his disciples about prayer and persistent in being persistent in prayer. We see in Luke 18:1. It's interesting how the disciple asked Jesus, teach us to pray. They didn't ask, teach us to preach. They asked him, teach us to pray. Everything else comes from prayer. Out of that. Because he knew they got that right. Everything else would flow. Before Jesus went to the cross, we see him praying, God, not my will, but your will be done. His dependence was on God. And there are many, many more scriptures that I can refer to. Jesus did nothing of his own will, but his dependence was always on God. John 5, 19, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing, whatever the Father does and the Son does also. So if Jesus was Son of God, man, God in flesh, can't do anything on his own apart from the will and what God having wanted him to do. How much more as Christians do we, as believers, as followers of Jesus, do we need God? One writer puts it this way, we are not desperate for something, we are desperate for someone. And this is the heart of prayer. When we, were, when we depend on God, we are surrendering to His will, not our will. As I said before, E. Stanley Jones said, prayer is surrender to the will of God and cooperate with that will. If I throw out a boat, uh, a boat hook, from a boat and catch hold of the shore 
and pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? When we pray, do we pull God to what we want or do we pull ourselves to what he wants? Prayer is pulling God to, not to my will, but aligning my will to his will. Number two, prayer makes a difference. Prayer changes the present and prayer changes the future. We see in scripture, and I've seen in impersonal experiences and many testimonies of some of you in this room that God responds to prayer. Moses prayed for food and water for the Israelites and they got it. Hannah was barren and she prayed for a child and she got Samuel. Elijah prayed for a drought and then for rain and he got both. Hezekiah was told he would die and he would die and he prays. I love this. And I want to go a little bit deeper in this story because it's just amazing. Isaiah 38, 1 to 5, about that time, Hezekiah came deathly ill and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. Mm, scary when a prophet comes over. <laughs> and he gave the king this message. So Hezekiah was a king at that time and the prophet Isaiah gives him this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order. Declutter. Get things, get your will done. <laughs> it for us. <laughs> for you are going to die. Oh, this is great news, prophet Isaiah. You will not recover from this illness. Oh, yippee. This is exactly what I wanted to hear today. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord, remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. And then he broke down and he wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him this is what the Lord the God of your ancestors, David, says, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And I will add 15 more years to your life. I find this story fascinating. As you read in the chapters to follow, we see Hezekiah, he's 39 years old. And he's actually sick with an infected boil. So septus has got into his whole body, infected his whole body, and he's told he would die. I, I wondered where he was in that place. I could only think that he would be in a lot of pain and probably not able to move because of the disease. And he does this. He turns to the wall. So I reckon he was in bed and he just turns to the wall and he says, remember, I have served you faithfully. I've only done good. He appeals, not saying, God, give me a miracle. God, this is not meant to be happening. I know that I may need to lead this nation. He appeals to the memory of God. The memory of God. God, you remember I've been faithful. I've served you faithful. 
I've done what you've always asked me to do. That's it, and he cries. I've, I've like, not give me this, not I don't wanna die, God, I want a miracle, I need a healing, no appeals to the memory of God. Oh Lord, how I have always been faithful, single-minded, always doing what pleases you. That's how he prayed. And then he cried, do you know God bottles our tears? He talks about in Psalm that he bottles every tear of ours. Your tears are not wasted. They are seen by God. I love how Hezekiah, he's distraught, but he reminds God and then he weeps bitterly. God heard him and he said, go back, tell Hezekiah and tell him that I've heard him and I will give him 15 more years. It's pretty good. I think that's awesome. Appeals to the memory of God. Hey, I've done this and I've done this. That means Hezekiah prayed it. That's a good prayer because God heard it. Okay, God is sovereign. Probably God knew that he was going to pray that prayer and healed him. That's cool. But he still prayed. He didn't take it for granted. It was a single and simple conversation. One sentence. Don't negate the quick sentence. Help God. Show me, Lord. Don't ever diminish the power of prayer in the one sentences. Sometimes I feel guilty that I'm not three hours in prayer like, you know, Catherine Kuhlman and some of these others that are gone. But I know that God hears wherever I am to pray. He asks Isaiah and and he asks God asked Isaiah to do something which is really fascinating. I'm on this journey of health and wholeness and looking at what God provided in nature and and I'm loving my journey and I love this bit here. He says, make a poultice of mashed up figs and put it on the boil. And so he did. You know, we can't dictate how God would do the work, the miracle, the provision. He will use whatever works. In this case, it was mashed up figs, tied around his boil. And sometimes God would use medical means or sometimes he would use natural means. God is ultimately the healer. And sometimes he'll use the doctor through medicine or sometimes he'll use another way to accomplish his supernatural Purposes. I love how God honoured a simple prayer, broken prayer. He, he weeps. You know, my brother, who was 11 years old at the time, he, um, he all of a sudden, like, was finding it very hard to walk. And, and we, my, my parents didn't know what was going on. He was running and now he just can't get out of bed. He can't walk. And so they took him to the hospital and the doctors, they did um, examinations. He's 11 years old and they just said, 
He has got, his joints are swelling and we don't know why. We don't know where it's coming from. And back in the day, you know, they only had limited knowledge of what to do in different, in different circumstances and situations. They didn't have the fig poultice at hand. So they, um, they did all these things and they then said, he's not going to be able to walk. He, he, we cannot find what is wrong with him. And so they put him in a wheelchair and my, my mum, I remember we would visit him and my mum and my dad would get him on each side and come on, Johnny, come on, just take a step forward and pray the whole time and pray the whole time. And he still couldn't walk. He was he, back in the wheelchair. We would go home as a family and we would pray that God would intervene, that there'll be a miracle on, my, on Johnny's behalf, that God would intervene. And mum would go there and in the daytime and she would get him up. Come on, Johnny. We're gonna we're gonna pray and we're gonna walk. We're gonna pray and we're gonna walk. And and then he, he started to take steps on his own without her. And then more and then more until they realized we do not know, but your son can leave. He he actually can walk. Those the swelling of the joints have gone down. There is no more swelling of the joints. He can walk. And we remember we had a party when he came home because God had healed him of his illness. Sam Storms, a theologian, puts it this, puts it really well. We must never presume God will grant us apart from prayer what he has ordained to grant us only by means of prayer. Sometimes we take it for granted. We go, oh, God knows why pray. But we see scriptures show us to pray. Keep asking. You imagine if we never prayed for my brother. I don't know what would be the outcome. Maybe God would heal him without prayer. But no, he, we were only obedient to what the word of God says. Ask, keep on asking. James puts it this way. James 5, 13 to 16, the power of prayer. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the same in the name of the uh, the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and that produces wonderful results. Elijah was human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly, no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent rain and the earth began to yield its crops. You may be here, and I know in the room this size, because I've been in your shoes, where you've prayed for someone earnestly, just as James required us to do, and they died. That's hard. I prayed earnestly. I asked and kept on asking. And I've not seen the miracle that I wanted to see. You may be here suffering from a disease or something, and you asked, and God still hasn't answered. I don't know why. I'm not here because I don't know why. But I say to you, keep asking. Even if they've passed, don't lose faith and hope in praying. 
for people, right? If you're sick, still keep asking God and pray because we see, we see many things that God has come forth. If that person died, it was God's obviously sovereign plan, but he still liked that you called and intervened on their behalf. You see, I remember a very close friend of mine dying of cancer and I just was so passionate in in praying and wanting to see her her miracle, wanting, I said, God, this this would do wonders for her whole family. No, the whole community will get saved because of if there's a healing. And I prayed and I prayed and I fasted and I did all that the Word of God said to do. And then she passed away. And I was like, I don't want to pray. My prayers don't work. This is honest. I'm not going to pray. Why pray? You took her anyway. What's the point of praying? I literally was like that in the car. God, I don't understand this. I had it all planned out. I knew that her miracle would win all her family and the community and her neighbours to know Jesus because it's only through you that that miracle would have happened. And now God doesn't always answer, but he graciously answered When I said, why God? What's the point of praying? You know, shared this story before, but I know there's a lot of new people here today. And I'll say it again. You know what he answered? The Holy Spirit responded responded to me, which just shut my, my mouth. Was salvation not enough for her? I'm like, okay, moving right along. You know, I didn't know what God had planned. God saw her life from that point onwards. God knew the beginning from the end. God knew what she would endure. God knew all things. And at the end of the day, if God knows all things and his will is perfect in every way, isn't that what we want? I know that it's hard to lose someone you love. But thank God for eternity that we can see them on the other side in heaven. The Apostle Paul prayed for this miracle he wanted so much. It never came. And God responded to him and said, my grace is sufficient for you. And today, your, God's grace is sufficient for you if you are walking through a hard time. James knows it and we read it. But he doesn't allow us to settle and say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. No, he urges us, encourages us, employs us to, to keep praying. Don't miss out on the opportunity to pray for those who suffer or for yourself. God, if God doesn't answer, it's okay. God is over it all. We're still gonna be okay. He will still help us through the journey. He knows what is best and he brings all things, works all things for good. Number three, prayer defeats anxiety and worry. You know, ah, the dark night of the soul, many of us have been there. We're humans, we will worry, we will fear, we'll feel anxious. 365 verses in the Bible that says, that's one every day. 365 days, is that right? We haven't added or taken any away. 365 verses in the Bible that says, fear not. 
I think God knows that we're going to fear. We're going to be fearful. Yet prayer defeats fear and anxiety. You know how I know it? Because it worked for me. And it's worked for a lot of people that I know. I know personally when I was going 13 years crippled with fear, fear that turned into anxiety. I had a fear of people. What the, look at me now. I'm preaching. You know that God intervened. You, but you know what it was? It wasn't self-help books apart from this one. It wasn't people saying, you'll be okay. We all go through this. That was okay for a time, but the worry never went away. The fear of people never went away. It was me going at the bus stop, God, I can't do this. I don't want to go to school. Didn't work the faking sickness today. God, you have to help me today. God, you need to come with me today. God, I don't know. I can't bear this anymore. It was that prayer. It was a turn to the walk prayer going, God, I can't do this. God, you need to help me. And I was delivered in my lounge room when I was 13 years old. And how was I, was I delivered? I was praying on my knees. God, I've had enough. This has controlled me. And look at me now. Fear was broken. And now I can preach. I can speak to people. I was fear of intimidation, gone. I know what it is, Philippians 4, 6, 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God that I experienced, which surpasses all understanding, all fear, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. It's wonderful that we don't need to feel that anxious. We can come to God and pray, and Lord, let your peace. Lord, let this confusion be gone. Lord, this fear to be gone. We can come to God. I have the musos come right now. You know, John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. What a great book if you haven't read it. John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress, said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed. But you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. How? Can I read that again? Let that sink in. It's powerful. You can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. You can pray anywhere. You can pray everywhere. You can pray when you're bushwalking. Jesus, and I know David and Pastor Fred and a lot of you like your walking. You can pray when you're bushwalking. Lord, you know, Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And Lord, I present my, my son Jack to you. Oh, there's, there's a spider in this one. You know, pray, Lord, let your, let your will be done. You know, we can pray when we're walking. We can pray when we're working. Lord, I don't know what to do with this person. Lord, I don't know how to avoid this conflict. God, I don't know the, the answer to this solution. God, I don't know how to resolve this plan. God, I don't know what to say to this person. God, I don't know how to avoid this. God, I don't know how to do my job. We can pray when we're working. 
Oh, you ladies will love this. I do a lot of this. We can pray when we're house cleaning. Lord, you see Rachel in London and you got to intervene in her life. Can you protect her? Can you, can you show her that your love is for her? God, the angels protect all over her. God, you know, Mark is suffering from this illness right now and this flu and this cold and bronchitis. Can you heal his body? Vacuuming, he hears us. You can pray in your car. For some of you, you're in your car a lot. I'm in my car a lot between visits. And I pray. I turn the radio off. I turn podcasts off. And I pray. I pray for you. A lot of my praying for you is in the car. As God brings different people to my mind, I pray for you. I just say, oh, I hope they're all right. No, Lord, you see, Elizabeth, can you minister to her right now? I don't know what's going on, but Lord, you've showed me. So something's going on. Can you touch her? You travel a lot. You can pray in the plane. Yes. It's time that you can seek God in the plane. You can pray under your breath. I recommend that way in the plane where you can pray in the plane. And God, you know where I'm going. And give me favour as I go into this situation. So you can pray. Most of us, we can pray in our house. Because you can be loud. You can cry, you can be in bed, in bed, there's a bed there, you can pray in bed, you can pray in the kitchen while you're doing the dishes, you can pray in your, in your kids' rooms and anoint them with oil, you can pray in your house and be loud or be soft. You can sit in the little chair that you like to sit in and just wait on God and just listen to him. You see the point. You can pray anytime at all times. If you want to get closer to God, pray. If you want to see a difference, pray. If you're anxious and fearful and worried, pray. If you need direction and answers to questions, pray. If you don't know what else to do, pray. But the most important prayer that you could ever pray is asking Jesus Christ into your life. And today, most of us in this place are Christians, but perhaps you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered your will to God's will. You've never prayed this prayer of asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You recognise He died for you, not Bob. Jesus died for you, not Fred, Jesus died for you, not Alice, Jesus died for you because he is the son of God and wants to give you forgiveness, freedom and all the things that are promised to you, more importantly, eternal life. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to pray for you today. And if that's you, I want to close this meeting without giving you an opportunity to respond to the greatest prayer you can ever pray. If that's you, if you can raise your hand, I'm not going to get you out the front, but I do want to pray for you and I want to address you and I want to speak to you after the service. Anyone here, as I look over, perhaps you're here this morning and you've just drifted away from God. You're doing it your way, your time. 
perhaps in your heart, you know you're away from the Lord. If anyone is here in that spot on my left, yes. God bless you, sweetheart. Yes, at the back. That's good. God's doing something in your lives right now. As you've just even raised your hand, God's drawing near to you. Hezekiah turned to a wall. You've raised your hand. God is drawing to you. You know, can I pray for you right now for those in this place who two people have raised your hands. I want everyone in this congregation, I believe that you're Christians and you believe in prayer and you know prayer. Today I've given you more of a reason to pray and continue to pray. Never stop praying. Pray works even when God knows everything. But will you pray right now under your breath for these two people who are doing a a response that is incredible, life-changing. Father, I pray for these two people who are saying, drawn away from God. Father, I pray today that as they have acknowledged, admitted, that's me, that as they come back, talk to you, include you, wait on you, hear from you, that they will feel your presence, that they would know that just as Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, he met with them, will you meet with them in a way that only they know that you're there and you've never left as they've drawn near to you by acknowledging that this morning. Touch them, bless them, speak to them, reveal yourself to them, love upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I-